Good morning. So we're talking about being busy this month, and to get us kind of in the mindset, um, I have a little experiential exercise for us to do. We're not going to meditate or anything like that. Uh, but I want you to just take a minute. I'm Denise, by the way. Good morning. Take a minute and think about your schedule for the week. And seeing as how it's summer, your schedule might look a little bit different um, than it normally does. But if it is helpful for you, use your bulletin and make a few notes about what you have coming up this week. Maybe give a few minutes. If you have any appointments, think about those. Um, if there's anything on your to-do list, maybe jot that down a little bit. Maybe you have some things you need to pick up from the store. It usually goes right into a grocery list for me when I start thinking about my week. Let's see what else. Appointments, things to do, buy, things to clean, <laughs> people you're meeting with, calls to make. So as you are kind of thinking through that or jotting down a few things, notice what happens in your body. Um, somebody call out places on your body where you can notice a shift. Shoulders. What do you feel there? Heavy shoulders, a slump. What else? Say that again. Temples, ah, what do you, throbbing temples. Anything else? You're just aware, are you aware of it? Yeah, the cell phone in his pocket feels heavier, he said. That's a good one, Melvin. Anything else? What about your stomach? Anybody's stomach responding to thinking about your schedule? Less? Oh, your heart's racing. Okay, you have a big week. Yeah. Your heart rate starts to pick up. Yeah. Stomach. Somebody nod. I saw a nod somewhere. Your stomach. What's it doing? Just that. It's whatever that, that, that physical sensation of. Yeah. Okay, now think about as you're looking at your schedule, your tasks, your body is responding to that. What about any kind of thoughts that are attached to that activity. What about any judgments that pop into your mind? Does anybody feel a judgment? Or like a critical kind of statement in your head? Tell me some of those. Now we're like, you're getting in my business. <laughs> I can't get this all done. What else? You should. All the shoulds. Yeah. That I don't have my act together. I do not have my act together. Anything else? Other thoughts? Yeah. Sometimes guilt because you put something off again and again and again. You start to feel guilt because you recognize things you've procrastinated on. It keeps popping up on your list, huh? Yeah. 
Other people have it easier. I don't want to think about that. Is that what you said? Yeah, I don't want to think about that now. Other people have it easier. Or, Kitty, maybe even other people can do this better. Other people can manage this better than I can. So that goes right into what are the emotions that come with your busy schedule? So Doug mentioned guilt. Uh, less kind of headed towards anxiety with your increased heart rate. What else do you feel? Overwhelmed. Yeah. Tense. Oh, some kind of pressure. Some, a lot of times it's financial and it has to do with money. Yeah, some kind of pressure. Stress. Uh, maybe frustration. A little bit, a little bit. Of, are y'all in, this is like a happy Sunday school activity, isn't it? Does anybody look at their week and feel excited and encouraged? <laughs> I was hoping the retired people would speak up. <laughs> Give us some encouragement. Yeah, okay, so this is what we're talking about this semester. So hopefully thinking through those things will kind of get you to the place where as Pete is going to bring you in the loop on the book we're looking at, you can start reflecting on how it may apply to you personally. Sound good? Okay. Preach right on. Yeah, I don't know about um, the rest of y'all, but I, I definitely um, opened my calendar up and realized, holy smokes, uh, there were a couple appointments that I did not um, put in there from last week, uh, therapy appointments, and so like, the whole time, I was like, I wish you'd hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I really just want to put these appointments in real quick. Um, so, um, yeah, so if you'll go to the slide, too. We'll, so, like, over the next four weeks, what we're going to be doing is exploring this um, idea of being crazy busy, okay? Um, the book itself tackles some of the more common problems related to busyness and its impact on our overall well-being. Um, some of the things that are emphasized in the book uh, make a distinction between being busy versus being productive, um, and, and that's questionable, you know, uh, sometimes. Uh, and I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I, I have stuff that I've actually got written down to, like, stay on script. But um, one of the things that I learned in grad school this time around was that there was this idea called um, being productive procrastination. It's like when you've got all of these things that you've got to do that are really important, you tend to focus on the things that are less important because it gives you this sense of being busy. And it feels good when you get those things done, but it's not the most important thing. So there's a distinction between being busy versus being productive. Okay, back on task. So a lot of the um, things, ideas in the book are gonna be more practically, um, strategies, solutions for us, so that we can help to find some balance in our lives. Um, there's a, an evaluation or some diagnostic questions um, that he talks about in the book. Um, and really what we're trying to get to is this like, can we cultivate a deeper connection with God in a very busy society, um, in a very busy world that we live in? All right, so a brief, what were we on, definition? 
So um, I have a definition here uh, that I got out of the dictionary, or actually Denise got it for me out of the dictionary. But when you think of the, the, like, the word busy, like what comes to mind for you? Anyone? Say it again. Okay. What else? I get, I get the Martha. I get that. I was just. <laughs> Denise looked at me like. <laughs> busy. Martha was busy. I get it. What? Movement. Easy little bees. Yeah, I'm medicated, and if I wasn't medicated, I'd be like all over the place, I'd be like doing this, and <coughs> there's some truth in that. What else? Busy. What do you think? So, if no one's going to say anything else, I'll just, so <laughs> it's a great deal to do. Uh, working hard, being hard-pressed, time poor, being industrious being tireless, on the go, hard at it, um, having, having like one's hands full. And I always think of like this image of like, I've always wanted to be a juggler and, you know, not like professionally, but just something on the side. And, and, and like when, when I get, I can do two, two's pretty easy, but it's that third one, man. When you get that third one going, it's like, I, I can't do it. You really can't juggle. Well, you can juggle with two, but. Uh -oh. I was thinking if you just kind of, if you had on something like that. It's a good point, though. Ooh. Well, this is how it's going to be for the next three weeks, so y'all come back. I might be a juggler next week. Be like, he did it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so, like, busyness is being busy. It's working hard on something. It's being like laser focused on something. It's, it's, it's the idea that you've got stuff to accomplish and you're going to work really hard at accomplishing it and you don't want to be interrupted until it's done. I don't know about the rest of you, but like if I'm focused on something, I can be in that task for a solid four hours and never take a break. Never go to the bathroom, never go get something to eat, laser focus. My phone can be ringing, texts, all like I'm just locked in. And Denise can attest to this because you'll be like, why? Anyway, okay, so context. Um, this is important, and I'm not going to read all of the stuff that I wrote here, but essentially, understanding our context is vitally important because depending on that context, it's gonna change how we see busyness. So for example, um, if you factor into busyness your um, cultural background, and some of us are, are from different cultural backgrounds, the idea of busyness takes on a whole different meaning based on how you were raised, how your parents modeled work and business. And then there's all kinds of like societal norms you know, that we have, like we live in the South, and so we really, you know, we, we really value work. Um, I think that's the case in the North and other parts of the country too, I'm not just saying in the South, but 
Like there's a, there's a tremendous effort that we put forth and value in, are we working? Are we productive? Are we doing the things that we're supposed to be doing? And then when you add into like family values, like how does that tie into taking care of one's family? Um, then you start shaping things like, um, do women work outside the home? Do men um, work outside the home all the time? And when they come home, like it's, they don't have to do anything. Um, that's a, that'd be more like a traditional type of responsibilities and roles. I'm not saying, I'm not advocating for that necessarily. I'm just saying like, it's a way that context can shape how we interpret busyness. Um, we definitely know what it means when, some, when, we, when we say someone's lazy. <laughs> we definitely have an idea, a connotation of what that means. Um, and we don't really like that. So we tend to judge those people that are less busy or not as productive or, you know, like my dad used to say um, when I was a kid, you have a lot of quit in you, don't you? And it was the idea that, you know, like as soon as I started working and I got tired of it, like, I'm done. Anyway, um, so just a couple more points here. So to really understand busyness and what that means for our society and what that means for us, we have to understand it in a comprehensive manner. Sometimes being busy is it's actually good, right? I mean, it has all kinds of like cognitive benefits. Um, it has um, for processing speed, for learning. Like if you're busy and you're doing stuff kind of in a routine, you know, um, learning new things, I mean, that's, that's great, you know, especially for retirees. Um, there's some studies that show that if retirees, if they retire and start a new job, even if it's part-time, that they, they have less cognitive decline and processing speed as, a, as opposed to someone who worked a you know, job for 30, 40 years and then all of a sudden they retired and they just went to the house and started watching TV every day, like my parents. But anyway, all right, so there are some benefits to it. Um, but we're not really focused on the benefits necessarily as much as like how it creates an overall like um, effect that's, that we would say is pretty negative in our lives in terms of we're busy, we're busy, we're busy, and when we get that busy, we tend to prioritize things a little less um, or we tend to focus on things that maybe are less important. Um, and so that's what we're going to be looking at over the next four weeks. So you can go to the next slide. And so this is just an overview of the book. Um, see the book? I'm just kidding. Um, so three, seven, one. So those are things that you're going to want to remember if you do decide to come back next week in the, couple, in, uh, the following weeks. Um, the three we're going to deal with today, I'm starting to move around a lot. Um, the seven will be in the next two Sundays, um, and then the one will be the very last one where we'll talk about a, like an overall solution to it. Um, so <clears throat> the business, I mean the business, that's what I just read. So the book is broken down into like business and its impact. Um, here we're going to be addressing the common problems with business and daily life, its effects on our spiritual well-being. We've already kind of done a physical and emotional and, and mental, um, that was a exercise Denise did. 
Um, looking at some strategies, um, so differentiating business from being productive, so like highlighting how um, that business doesn't always equal effectiveness. You know, just because you're busy doesn't mean that you're really doing anything. You know, sometimes um, I learned this when I was, um, okay, I'm not against state employees or, or people that work for the state, okay? So if you have a state job, that's wonderful. I, I, I hope to someday have a job kind of like that. When I was 18 years old, I worked at um, Stoneville, which is an experimental um, place farming in the Delta. And that's where I learned the idea of looking busy as a way to avoid being asked to do other things. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? It's always better to look busy than to be like, man, my work's done. <laughs> I'm done for today. So anyway, I'm just saying that, um, what was my point? Oh, it doesn't always mean that you're being effective. Um, stress, exhaustion, neglecting important aspects of life. Um, these are things that we're going to be diving into. And then one of the um, underlining issues that I think is very important when we talk about strategies for managing business is looking at our, um, how much of the time do you think you're really just prideful? <laughs> um, you're you're people-pleasing. Um, Maybe you have a misplaced sense of who you are as a person. Um, you know, examining some of the roots of, of busyness. You know, um, confession time here. Um, I don't mind. Um, I'm pretty open as a person in general. Um, I would say that managing multiple things is a source of pride for me. Um, a lot of the students that I've been in school with um, focused um, on just school. Um, they didn't. They didn't have to work. They didn't. They didn't have a wife or a spouse. They didn't have three children or a child. Um, and so, like managing multiple things for me was a source of pride because when, especially whenever they would say, "Like I don't see how you do it," I'm like. But internally, I was like, yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it if I, if I wasn't married and my kids were somewhat self-sufficient. Okay, so benefits of finding balance. Um, kind of reassessing priorities and reducing unnecessary busyness, which is something that I'm, over the last year and a half, I've been really big on um, in my own life. And then regaining some control over time and making room for what matters. Um, those will be the things that we'll look at over the next couple of weeks. Um, so, as we're transitioning to the next slide, um, we're going to look at these three dangers to avoid. Now, um, these were, we were supposed to be some animation here, so you weren't supposed to actually see the images until I was talking about each one of the points. However, we ran into some technical difficulties and that wasn't the case. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to pause here. Primarily because I've got cotton mouth and I need some, um, I need a, I just need a, a like five second break. Are there any questions or comments on anything that I've said so far? I don't know what you just said. What I said was I could talk for just a minute. <clears throat> I was looking up, if y'all if remember, I don't remember when it was last uh, reference a book called Seculosity. 
was that last year maybe? Um, if any of you have read that book, the author talks about ways that we um, basically try to prove ourselves to be enough or to be justified or righteous. And one of the things that he mentioned, which is what I think Pete is going to elaborate on a little bit in just a second, is that we can use our busyness as an effort to prove that we are enough, that we are righteous, that we are, by, and by righteous I mean that we are right, that we're good. Um, I see lots and lots especially of women in counseling who, am I enough, is a huge question. Um, that they carry around. And so here's one, of the, here's one of the things that the author said. He said, to be busy is to be valuable, desired, justified. And he was talking about how often when we ask one another in a greeting, how are you, um, how often do you hear busy as a response to that? And it becomes kind of a, an emblem that we wear, a source of pride. He says it signals importance and therefore righteousness. Busy is not just how we are, but who we are or who we'd like to be. Salvation itself waits for those who never stop hustling. Welcome to one of America's favorite replacement religions, what we might term the seculosity of busyness. Yeah, we live in a busy world. You know, it's complex. It's full of opportunity. Uh, we have more opportunity than ever before when you factor in technology of today um, and what we can do with it. Um, in line with this, our modern world um, is also a mind-boggling complexity. Um, I'm oftentimes reminded of this complexity um, every, with every Apple update that comes out and every new iPhone um, that I get. Um, especially whenever my kids, whenever, I'm, whenever I have to go to them and be like, please show me how to do this. I don't know how to do this. Um, <clears throat> so our opportunities abound in the complexity of our modern world um, keep us in a constant state of busyness and just mind-numbing distractions. Um, one of the Marvel movies, I don't remember which one. If you're not a Marvel fan, then this won't apply to you. But um, I think the idea will. So in one of the Mar um, Marvel movies, um, the, the Hulk is on this like really strange planet. Um, and I don't know the name of the planet, that's not important. But what is important is that he's the Hulk the whole time he's there. And the reason why he's the Hulk the whole time he's there is because he is, the planet is full of distractions. Things are always like blowing up or dropping in on the planet. Like it was just constant. And so he's always agitated and just always full, like, like being stimulated the whole time. Um, that's our world. I mean, even now, um, I would surmise that for some of you, you've, you've even got your phones out, and you're probably looking up, like, um, what baseball games are today. Or, like, man, I really do need to put that appointment in my schedule. I'm going to go ahead and do that real quick. Um, <clears throat> And the reason why I bring that up is because, ask yourself this, if, if, you, if, if you can watch a movie or a TV show while scrolling through your social media apps, um, while holding a conversation with other people in the room, are you really present? I mean, can, 
this idea that we can multitask, that we can like, um, that, that, that women are better than men at multitasking and blah, 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 blah. Now, maybe on an individual level, that might be true, right? But overwhelmingly, across research studies, um, it shows that we are horrible at multitasking, even two task. We, we just, we're terrible at it on the average, okay? That's on the average. I'm not saying that you as an individual can't do that. I'm saying we are much better if we focus on one single task, complete that task, move to the next one, as opposed to having two or one or more tasks open and trying to work on them simultaneously. Just, we're just not good at it. And there's research that demonstrates that. Okay, so I gotta move on. Okay, so let's soak, um, let that soak in for a minute. Let's talk about some three dangers. So the first one is, is that busyness can ruin our joy. Well, how is that? Um, so we live, <coughs> so our lives are, we live our lives in a frantic of just busyness and distraction. Um, and that makes us like very susceptible to being anxious, um, impatient, irritable. You know, um, I was running late to Sunday school this morning, um, partly because the 16 year old wouldn't get up and um, came in there and said, can, my, can, can Mary Catherine just bring me? And I was like, sure. Um, and then I was thinking, man, I gotta go, I gotta go. So um, I purposely drove slower than I normally would because I knew that I was anxious and in a hurry and irritable and so I wanted to go slower to make it worse. <laughs> Which it did do. But there was also a point in that, in that I didn't have to be driven by my anxiety to do things to hurry up, because that was just going to make me more anxious. We'll talk more about that next week, so y'all come back. Okay, so um, how does this work? So. We're marked by joy, according to Philippians um, 4.4. 4. Um, we're called, um, or we're filled um, with the fullness of joy. That's what um, in John 15, um, verse 11 talks about. And so ask yourself this. If I, as a Christian, someone who has been born again and is now living a life that's not my own, one that's hidden with Christ, how am I like living this joyous life that I've been called to do? And I'm not saying this to guilt anyone or shame anyone, as much as like to just kind of get you to think like, am I so busy that, that I can't experience any joy or can't experience any sense of like peace in my day-to-day -day life? Because holy smokes, you know, I've got like a 12-hour work day coming up this week, or I've got a 50-hour work week or a six-hour work week. Speaking of, one of the things I also learned when I came back to school was that academics never stop, which is one of the reasons why I chose not to become one of those. They work all the time. Am I, not, am I right, Webb? Webb's somewhat of an academic. Like, it never, never stops. And they don't care that it's 5 o'clock. It's like, no, you need to turn this assignment in. Okay, can rob our hearts. How's that? 
So for this, um, I'm stretching a little bit, so don't critique my exegesis um, on this um, for you seminary-minded folks out there. Um, so Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20, talks about, this is the parable of the sower, you know, where, where Jesus says, okay, there are four kinds of soils. The sower goes out and, like, phew, you know, it reminds me of, like, whenever um, I used to do some um, fertilizing in my yard when I actually had a yard. Um, that's what I would do, you know. Uh, I had the little roller thing. I was like, you know, I'm going to just throw it out. So that's what I would do. I would throw it out, throw seed out. It didn't work as well. Nevertheless, the parable of the sower. So <clears throat> Jesus names a couple of soils, the, like two of the soils at least. You know, we, we know like, hey, the seed falls on those soils. And what happens? Come on, what happens? What? Before the birds get to them, though, what happens? Like, it kind of takes a little root. It kind of, like, springs up. Like, ooh, I'm here, yay. And then... The cares of the world, the birds, the distractions. That's what Jesus says in verse 19. Or, yeah, that's what Jesus says. So in verse 19, he says, it's because the cares of the world that come and rob our hearts. So these seeds that fall on the good soil start to do well. But then as quickly as they start to do well, they like tank. And we're not going to talk about the third soil because that's, you know, that's the one that, like, nothing happened. And then the fourth one's like, hey, that's, that's what we're supposed to be. But, so, it can rob our hearts. How is busyness in your day-to-day life, or the lack thereof busyness, being bored, which can be a form of busyness, you know? How can that be a form of business like this? I'll ask my dad, hey, what are you doing today? I don't know, I'm pretty busy. What are you, like, busy doing what? Well, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I was going to uh, clean the kitchen um, and watch some TV. You, you doing anything else? Mm-mm, but you're busy. Yeah, I'm busy all day. <laughs> right? So not really, but he's just kind of bored. Um, <clears throat> So my point is, is that how is busyness in your life, in your day-to-day, robbing you of joy and maybe choking out or plucking like birds coming down and plucking out the truths of Scripture that we're called to be, right? How? Like in what ways for you is that taking place? Okay, and then the last part, and then we've got some discussion questions, is um, covering up the rot in our souls. So Matthew um, 23, uh, 27 to 28, I really like this passage because to, to really explain how this might be covering up some rot in our souls is to think of the metaphor of the whitewashed tombs when Jesus addresses the Pharisees or the religious leaders of the day. What does he say to them? Calls them, why does he call them that, though? All right, you have to say that again. Right. So busyness can look good on the outside. Oh, man, I'm getting lots of stuff done, you know? 
but inside, it's killing me. Okay, so I'm gonna use myself again as an example. Not that I'm a whitewashed tomb or anything, although there's probably some argument that could be made about that. Um, so when I, before we came back, before we moved to Oxford, um, I was like 25 pounds less than I am now, okay? And, and part of the reason why I'm 25 pounds heavier now than I was when we moved here, before we moved here, is because of my busyness. It's because at the, after the end of a 12 or 14 hour day and mentally being exhausted and emotionally spent, I didn't have time for anything else. And, and so this is how it creates uh, a joyless life that rots your soul, that um, can just rob you of life itself. And so think about this as we um, come into our discussion questions, which hopefully there will be way more participation. Um, and, and, and ask yourself this, like, at the end of the day, what has God called me to do? And in what ways am I doing that? And then also, in what ways am I allowing important things, but maybe somewhat less trivial with the overall scheme, like choking out those deeper rooted important things in my life? Or how am I not doing enough? Am I just sitting around because I can? All right, Denise. Okay, uh, so Proverbs 4, I think it's verse 26, says to uh, ponder the path of your feet. I may have said that wrong. But let's ponder for just a minute out loud together, if we can do that, um, and think about these discussion questions. All right, so in what specific ways would you say as you ponder um, has busyness impacted your life? And some categories you might want to consider would be physically, professionally, relationally, spiritually. Think about your family as well. How does busyness impact your life here lately? As I hear you saying that, what's going through my mind is the people in your life become inconveniences. That's, that's my experience, that it's hard to be patient. Right. Yeah, like it changes your experience of the people that you're in relationship with when you feel so pressured to be productive, get things done. Am I, am I understanding you well? Okay. Yeah, it's a good point. If y'all, you, you can speak or not on this if you want to. You can just think about it. Have you ever felt that in your marriage, too? Um, that either of you might be so busy that you feel, you find yourself feeling on the receiving end of that, I'm an inconvenience? Or maybe you find yourself treating your spouse like they are? An interruption? Doug, what were you going to say? Um, that it's interesting. Mm. 
Can y'all hear what he said? No. Can you say it again? Just that some careers or um, culture itself can um, put out there as a positive the demand to be constantly available. And being able to say no to balance is very hard. And it seems like even more as I watch my daughter's raise come up, the demand for, you know, the positive is that if everybody is busy and employed um, and productive um, by the world standards, and that, that wears you out. This is it's kind of a sad class today. There, in in uh, the 2013-2014 uh, academic year, the, uh, Penn State had a, a series of, I think it was about six suicides. And so they did a study. Um, and part of what they found as a result of their study was something they termed pen face, as in Pennsylvania, pen face. Um, wherein students were saying that they learned to smile, look up, have bright eyes, present themselves like they are doing great, when actually internally they were stressed and overwhelmed and depressed and anxious. And that was what was leading to the despair that led these students to suicide, kind of what they determined. So like what you were saying is there are external pressures coming in and oftentimes the result is that we feel more detached from ourselves, from God, from other people than maybe ever before, just trying to live up to those standards. So what specific ways would you say that busyness has affected your ability to prioritize and manage your daily tasks? No, I think you're absolutely right, and that's where we need to have a more comprehensive view of busyness and understanding, like, in what context is it okay, and then in what context is it not okay. Um, and I think this is one of these things where individually for yourself and your relationship um, with Christ, you have to ask, you're in, in using your own um, conscience liberty here, is, is what I'm doing by being busy, this level of busyness, sinful? Mm -hmm. right. it's, it's like uh, you're, you're considering what you're making your busyness mean um, and where you set your parties. What you said, Ray, made me think about the Paul Miller Praying Life book. He talks about um, as you mature in your faith, we actually do stay busy. God will... Uh, Will, will task us with loving people and serving people and doing lots and lots of things that will make us busy and that uh, a God-centered praying life will not make you less busy but it will make your heart less busy that's the distinction that he makes all right so we're right at the 10:30 time slot so probably have maybe a minute if someone had something else they would like to say or comment or but if not, we can go ahead and end it right now and pray. I was gonna pray. Y'all about to witness some marital stuff right here. Okay, all right. So pray with me. 
Heavenly Father, as we um, contemplate, consider uh, our calling and um, our joy, our happiness, being wrapped in you, hidden in you, um, as we compare that to um, our lives and what's going on around us and the tasks that you have given to us, I pray that you would help us to be mindful um, and ever-present um, to be about the right sorts of things that are busy and not let it um, crowd out or choke out or um, become a detriment to our souls. And fathers, we turn our attention now to worship and to communion. Um, I pray that you would um, work in our hearts, Holy Spirit, so that we may um, enjoy um, the gifts that you have given to us and that we may rest peacefully in our union with you. Amen.